0: Limitless Roofing Show, episode number 28. Welcome to the Limitless Roofing Podcast. My name is Dylan McCabe, and in every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we talk with owners and CEOs of roofing companies and industry experts so that you can get the strategies you need to get what you want out of your business. And in this episode, I'm going to talk with Dr. Jessica Stahl. She's the owner of Ignite Results, which is a management company that specializes in scaling home restoration and trades-based companies by developing their people, building their systems and driving measurable results to a good profit. She's also got a PhD in organizational psychology from Clemson University, and she is not playing around, guys. We are going to talk about Power, People, and Profits. That's the topic of today's show, and she's going to give you actionable insights you can use in your own company. I think you're going to have a lot of aha moments as you listen to this conversation with uh, Dr. Stahl, and I've also had the opportunity to get to know her a little bit. We've talked to different conferences and I'm just really enjoyed kind of getting to know her, hearing her heart, not only her skills and her the mind that she's developed, which is very sharp, but also just her heart behind the industry and really wanting to help or organization. So I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Before we get into the episode, I've got two quick calls to action. If you haven't done so already, you need to take our organizational checkup. It's a business checkup we offer for free. It takes about 10 minutes and it will show you very quickly where your company is strong, where your company is weak, and then you can schedule a free discovery call with me and we'll go over the one to two things you can start doing right away that will absolutely move the needle in your business and we'll even give you a free resource. 60 minutes free of charge for my time as an EOS implementer. Uh, We will work with you to help you get what you want out of your business. And second call to action is if you haven't done so already, definitely consider joining our Facebook community. It's free and it's for owners and CEOs and key executives in roofing companies. We allow zero advertising or spam or uh, vendor promotions. It's truly meant to be a community where people dialogue with one another and get feedback on their biggest challenges or biggest questions in running a business. All right, just do a search in Facebook for the Limitless Roofing CEO Group. All right, guys, let's get into this discussion with Dr. Jessica Stahl. Here we go. All right. We are live with Dr. Jessica Stahl. So thank you for joining the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. This is an exciting opportunity. I know we've been doing this for a while. So glad we got to make that happen today.
0: Yeah, same here. And I'm really looking forward to... You know, you just us really relying on your expertise, what the things you know, the things you learned from working with other roofing companies and stuff like that. So before we get into power people and profits, just kind of let our listeners and viewers know who you are, what's your company, what do you do, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so my company is Ignite Results. We started our company last year and we're quickly growing. So my background. People ask me, you know, how long have you been roofing? And I'm like, uh, my whole life. So I come from a roofing family. So that's that's really how I know the industry very intimately. But I spent the whole my whole life trying to get away from roofing. But it's kind of like the mafia. So like once you're in, you're in. So so I'm here in roofing, just being able to bring all of my skills from getting my PhD and all of the experience I have for working with multiple companies doing consulting.
0: That's great. Well, I know you're already helping some bigger companies and working strategically with very influential people in the industry, which is so cool. And we got to spend some time together at the SRC Summit, and I got to know you a little more and kind of what you're doing, what your mission is. And there's just so much alignment with what you're doing and what we're trying to do. And it's just it's just fun. It's fun when your focus is on helping other people win. So mm-hmm. when we were talking about what we could talk about, you know, There's so many things we could discuss, but we talked about power, people, and profits. And uh, so let's talk about that. First, what do you mean by power?
1: So power is owning your personal brand. And that's really where we start. A lot of roofing companies, they start with, let's just go into the technical expertise. Maybe it was a past salesman. They're like, oh, we can do this better. Let's just jump right in. But in that sense, you're just creating the same type of roofing company that you came from, or the same type of roofing company that you see everywhere. So your power is really what differentiates you as a company from everyone else. And so we often refer to that term as branding. So who are you and what makes you different? So that's how we define power to start out with. And there's several components that go along with that aspect.
0: So let's let's break that down. When when you talk about a company's brand, and you know this is something that comes up a lot. And for some reason, I feel like it's one of those terms that gets a little confusing. Uh, what do you mean by brand? How do you break that? What are the different parts of a brand?
1: So I think what most people think is like, oh, your website and your logo—that's your brand. But it's really an all-encompassing term to that differentiates your company from other people's company. And at the core of that is your mission and your vision and your values. So that's something that's often overlooked as we're talking, you know, it's people get excited. Let's start a roofing, so much money in it. But really before you start, ask yourself a few key questions about, you know, I'm starting this roofing company. Why do I want to do it? In the end, what do I want to accomplish? So starting with the end in mind, is it to build communities? Is it to empower the lives of your employees? Is it to be a disruptor in the industry and bring innovation where there is none? So starting with the end in mind of what do you want to do in the end? And that's going to provide your big vision. And so often we're going through, you know, even this past year with so many changes of COVID and in the way we're doing things and going digital in so many aspects. So when you're faced with all these changes, having that vision that keeps you on track is undoubtedly one of the most important things you can do for your company. So when you're thinking vision, that's going to be your long-term. And then your mission is how are you going to accomplish your vision on a daily basis? And that really gets into what are you doing now? So is it we want to be using the highest quality products we want to be connecting with our community. And so actually I have a, a couple mission statements that I found really inspiring. So one is from Workday. So Workday was founded on a disruptive idea to put people at the center of enterprise software. So you could have your mission statement to be just really short and pithy, or you could have something longer, like Crest Roofing, I think they've done a great job. So from roofing to gutters and windows inside, we understand the importance of not only protecting your largest investment, but also the importance of having a beautiful finished product. So just having that direction and something that's really clear to you with your mission and vision is the foundation of your company.
0: That's really good. And I like the distinction you made there with vision as this kind of long term goal, this picture of where you want to be, but your mission is your kind of the present, how we get there, how we do what mm-hmm. we do, how we define who we are. I think that's awesome. And a lot of people don't. You know, there's just so reactive instead of proactive and mm-hmm. the, the owner of the company is just mired down in the day to day activities and their hair's on fire and it's you know, people are popping into the office, hey, do you got a minute? Do you got a minute? And 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 they can't step back and plan. So I think that's great that you you define that. And that's where you get your power, your power to kind of get what you want out of your business. Exactly. What about I know you talked about also in addition to mission and vision, you, you, there's a way to make it practical with uh, setting up personal and professional goals. So yeah. it's you know, look at the time of the recording of this podcast, it's the beginning of the year. We'll mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. goals and they, don't, they either don't accomplish them or they accomplish them in the short term and they don't stick with them. So what's some tips you can give us on how to set goals?
1: Yeah, so before we talk about goals, let's just talk about one more piece that can help define your goals, and that's your core values. So a lot of people we'll say like core values. Oh, that's like teamwork, integrity. Let's just put these words on a wall and just see, we'll just say, you know, these are our values. We'll tell customers about them. We'll tell our employees, but those aren't really key value core values. Those those are just words. So in addition to your mission and vision of where you want to go and what you're doing, we also need to know more importantly, how you want to be in the process So defining those core values, which is what is something that's more important to you than money? That's a really great way to start. So your core values are going to be helping your team and you make decisions whenever stress hits. So it's like, you know, some core values. So multiple companies could have the core value of service, but how are you really defining that? So being able to define define service in a way that connects to the emotions of your employees and your customers. So the core values, when we're thinking of mission and vision, this is more technical writing, but values is the emotions. So when you're building a culture, that's where you need to focus on is those emotions and what is going to connect people to your biggest, to your bigger purpose. And that is your core values. And that's how you're going to establish culture. And really, your power is being able to connect to the minds and the hearts of your employees and your customers. So, really, how are you going to communicate that? So, taking, you know, even even a day long planning with your team to map out these core things your mission, your vision, and your values. You can just take a step back, whether it's, you know, a Monday, everyone gets in the office, sets that time aside to think through these things just think about how powerful your next year is going to be how that everyone's on the same page
0: that is so good and i love how you said it's it's what you want more than money
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and tapping into the emotions that's so good because You know, some people that are really logical, they think, I I don't want to bring emotions into this, but well, the problem is people are emotions. (laughs) People, people are largely defined by how they feel about any given number of things. And if people aren't excited to do what to to work for you and work with you, which is an emotional feeling and people don't feel rewarded and they don't feel good and happy, which is more emotions that they're not going to stick around. So I love that you spoke to that. And, but, um, so that and that's your power, like you said, is connecting with people. So, mm-hmm. when you say that, when you say that, lines up with your uh, your goals and like maybe do a day long planning thing. Is this something that you help companies do? Do you go out and help them sort through this stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's always great to have an outside perspective, and so we've helped companies do a lot of this. So, whenever I was in Fortune 100 companies and on Wall Street, we had multi-day sessions with key leaders. And it's not just something that is built for Fortune 100 companies. This applies for all small business. And we've had a lot of success starting companies in the consulting process with these questions. So when we work with contractors, we usually do three one-hour sessions, mission, vision, and values. And depending on how big the company is, it could take longer because we'll have more leaders in there. But just having that outside perspective and having someone professional from our company being able to facilitate that conversation and bring it, be able to bring it all together. And a lot of times, you know, contractors have so many great ideas, but being able to ask the right questions and narrow down exactly what we want to do in a few sentences—that's where your power is going to come from. Having these wonderful ideas and knowing who you are, but being able to communicate them in the way that touches the hearts and the minds of your employees.
0: That's good. Yeah. And it's, there's just something to having somebody like yourself to come from the outside, looking in with an objective mindset and objective perspective to where you really can uncover strengths and weaknesses a lot better than somebody that's in it. And, and you start that you can, you can start to kind of lose your focus. And so I think that's awesome that you do that for, for owners of roofing companies, general contracting companies And so as you, as you get into helping them understand who they are, and that's really where they derive their power, their ability to do something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Let's get into, unless there's more you want to, is there anything more you want to say about power?
1: Yeah, I think like the goal setting is what is going to be your action items. So after you have your plan of where you want to go, what your specialty is, how you want to be in the process your goal setting is actually your action planning. So there's only so much you can accomplish in a year. So when I work with my clients, it's a lot of big dreams. So we want to expand into three new markets. We want to go from two to 15 million this year. We want to add a lot of new products. We want to, um, like sky's the limit of all these things we want to do. So being like really practical and honest about what, is realistic but can actually stretch you to get there and so if you're focusing on so many different directions you're almost like spinning in that hamster wheel of we're trying everything we're putting all this energy in and we're not getting anywhere so your your year-long plan is exactly what you want to focus on and so we take that year like what do you want to accomplish in 2021 so we've been doing this for several roofing companies over the last you know november and December and we break it down quarterly. So if we want to accomplish this in a year, what needs to happen Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4, and what are the key performance indicators? So if we want to be making 10 million by the end of the year, what do we want to make in Q1, Q2, Q3, and how do we know if we're getting off track from that?
0: That's so good. I'm a big believer that if you don't if you don't break it down into really clear quarterly goals, it's just way too easy to get off track. And it's hard to hold people accountable. It's hard for people to know what their marching orders are. And it's hard to hold people accountable. So that's great. Let's 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 make it real. Let's make it time sensitive. What, what are you responsible for over the next 90 days? And let's get after it. And I, and I like that you spoke to having a lot of big goals. You know, one of the things we like to say is that if everything's a priority, nothing's a priority. Exactly. I mean, if you have, if you want to expand into three markets, and you want ten new sales reps, and you want four more company trucks, and all this, oh man! Well, guess what? It, it, almost none of that's going to happen now mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're running in five different directions. So, I'm really glad that you you spoke to that. And so now that you've really unpacked what the power component is, just having a company where your culture is clear, your core values are clear, your strategic plan is clear. So now you 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 have. You're really tapping into your potential as a company. What about the people component? What, let, let's get into that.
1: So your people are your only unique resource, the foundation of the company. And if you want to accomplish anything, you're going to have to have a great team. And so I feel like, you know, we when we talk about what we do as a company and our motto. So our motto is people first, profit guaranteed. Whereas other companies not knowingly maybe profit first, people are dispendable. So really focusing in on if we're gonna do this, we need to have a great team. And so how do you then the next question is, well, how do I get the right team? You know, how do I hold them accountable, train them? What if we train them and they leave? So we get we get a ton of questions. So the first place to always start when you're building a team. We're like, should we train the people we have now? What do we want to do? The first place is your hiring process always. It's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? It's always the hiring process. Hire the right people, then be able to develop them. Because chances are you have many people in the company that aren't the right fit in the first place. So starting over and building that hiring process. And the way that you're going to do this And this is really what we specialize as a company is you want to find people with the right skills, the right personality and the right culture fit. And so that's why going back to your core values and who you are as a company is going to set the precedent for everything you do when you're building a team. So when you're doing the hiring process, a lot of people, you know, first the hiring process is pretty much the most dysfunctional part of an organization. So instead of, you know, sometimes the hiring process is get as many people as we can, and we're just going to throw them out into the field and one out of 10 is going to stick. So it's like, so excited. We're going to have a 90% failure rate. Let's go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And as a potential employee, it's like, yeah, that's not intimidating at all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No training, you know, just, You know, you can breathe, you can hold a pencil, you know, just try them out. And so that's one of the most damaging things you can do to a company. And people are like, you know, they're going to leave. Our sales reps are going to leave. So let's not really invest any time in our hiring process. It's not even, you know, training's great, but that's kind of overrated. So just send them out there. They'll figure it out. They have a manual or not. See how it goes. And so when I start talking to contractors, I'm like, you know, think about as if you're buying a company truck. So you wouldn't just go to any dealership and just say, you know, this one has a nice paint job. Let's bring it home. So you're going to check the car facts. You're going to look at the mileage. You're going to talk to the dealership. Kelly Blue Book value. You're going to do so much to be able to vet even a company truck. And, you know, that company truck is going to be on the road and it represents you. It's going to be wrapped in your logo. It's the same thing when you're hiring an employee. So they're going to be in your company shirt at customers' houses. So with each new hire, you want somebody to be able to represent that brand. And we're like, oh, you know, you know, seven new hires, they don't work out. But those are seven people that are unqualified that are going to your customer's house. And with one of those, you have one safety incident, or you have one customer that leaves a terrible review, that's your company's brand that is being tarnished. And that's really what you have, your, your difference between you and the other 10 roofing companies in your area is your reputation. So investing in that hiring process, first and foremost, is the way to ensure that you're not only growing, but can but having a brand that sets you apart from other people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I, you know, so there's a couple of things I want to ask you in relating that. You you mentioned when, before we had this call. You said the number one problem in the industry is finding and keeping qualified talent. Mm-hmm. So why do you think it's so hard in in the roofing industry? Because in some other industries, you have a big pool of talent to pull from, and people who are very qualified with a track record. And so you know it's it's sifting through people that are very qualified to find the best mm-hmm. versus sifting through people that maybe aren't qualified at all or whatever it might be so if you were to if you were to try to pinpoint the biggest you know reason for that in roofing, what do you think it would be?
1: yeah, so i mean i I think there's some outside factors that I can talk about that are going on just. In the economy, the way that the workforce is shaping, and then I can also speak to what are some challenging factors specifically in roofing. So, one, there's just a labor shortage in the trades, and we've seen that on the rise. More people are going to college, less people are wanting to go into the trades. When when we're thinking about, you know, and more people have more opportunity to do anything, to go anywhere Um, We see with technology rising, there's more possibilities as 20, 30 years ago, less people are in college. Most people are following in their parents' footsteps, taking over the family business. So we have seen a shift there. I think so. So that's that's going to be the problem in all trades, not just in roofing. So there is a smaller talent pool and that's going to continue to be like that. So you're not you're not going after just thousands of qualified candidates. You're really going to have to be um, swift in your hiring process and have a company that has great culture in order to attract those people. And as we can see, just with the stats going on, I mean, the baby boomers are leaving, roofing, retiring, retiring out of the workforce. And so you have a new generation of employees coming in. So you have your millennials and your centennials, the generation after that, and they want different things out of their work experience. So when we're thinking of, you know, this like hustle and grind, the um, good old boy culture, some of the things you would think in traditional roofing, that's not where people want to work. And so if you want to attract the right employees, you're going to have to have a shift in your company. So that's where your culture comes in. And and two of the things that when you're thinking about attracting a new generation of people, there's two major things. So one, they want a path of clear development. So they want to know when they come into the organization, what can they expect to grow in the next year? And where can they go in the next five years? So they want a place where they can grow and develop and learn. So being able to clearly lay that path out, whether it's a sales rep to a sales manager to owning your own territory or having an admin that wants to rise up to the ranks to an office manager, how can you develop those people and what type of opportunities are you going to give them? So that's number one. So development, that's what is a number one reason how you're going to attract a millennial or a centennial to your organization is development opportunities. The second one is being able to connect their job to a bigger purpose. So they want to know that they're making a difference. So development and making a difference, like what is your purpose? And and that's a huge shift of we're not just coming to work, spending our 40, 50 hours here. We want to know how we're contributing to the overall success of the company and the community. And that also goes back to your core values, how you're going to do this your mission and your vision and your values, which is why we start with that as your foundation. Uh, People want to know how are we connecting to something that's bigger than ourselves? Well, here's our vision. And how are we going to be developing? It's like, well, here's our mission of what we're doing and here's where you fit in. And as far as your culture, they want also a sense of community. So how are you going to be able to provide this to us? It's not just a job. It's a whole experience that they want. So and and some companies are like, well, we don't want millennials. You know, we don't want centennials. They're entitled. I would say, yeah, this is probably true that some of the stereotypes hold up, but you don't have a choice. So when you want top talent and a new generation of, you know, sales reps or office people, you're going to have to make that shift. And begrudgingly or not, whether we like it or not, we're going to have to make that shift.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's really good. I love what you're, you're saying there about basically making sure that all these things align and go back to really the first thing we talked about, which is your core values in your culture. And there's just, like you said, there's no way around it. I can't even keep up with all the generations, millennial, centennial, what, I mean, It just gets so confusing, but it's like, look, if if you want to attract the right people, you Mm. need to be that person. You need to surround yourself with those kinds of people. And next thing you know, people are going to be coming to you. They're going to want to work for you because they will have heard somebody say, I love my job. I love my boss. I love my company. It's Mm. rare to hear stuff like that. But if people really take the advice you are giving today and they start forming that kind of leadership within themselves and that kind of culture, it will happen. It will absolutely happen. And I really like what that you spoke to, to about the potential because I remember I was at a company one time and I was in sales and I was their top uh, account executive working on the biggest deals. And I remember one of the owners said to me one time, We were just talking about thinking long-term. He's like, you know, you'll probably never be like VP of sales or in a C-level position at this company, but here's what we think we'll see with you. And immediately I thought, okay, then I'm looking for other opportunities, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want to be limited. Like, I don't want to be in this role the rest of my life. I want upward mobility or equity in the company or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, definitely for people that are more entrepreneurial, especially, you've got to give them some kind of incentive to... Mm -hmm be part of that growth. So um, the next part that we talked about is profits. Now mm-hmm. we're going to kind of turn this on its head. So we talked <laughs> about power, we've talked about people. What do you mean by profits?
1: So I think, you know, we start out, okay, how much money do you want to make at the end of the year? Okay, I want to make $10 million. So it's we often just jump into how much money we're going to make but looking at the practical side you're not going to be able to do anything without your team so with profits it's all about your investments so you're going to have to invest your money somewhere so we invest money in our marketing to get new leads so that we can make more revenue we invest in our tools and our website and our company trucks we're investing all these because they clearly tied profitable outcome. So it's the same thing with your people, but it's often the last thing and the last where the last place that we invest. So it's, it's really, okay, we're going to get this new technology and we're going to get everything we need. And then we'll focus on developing our people. And that's really backwards. So it's, yeah, you have your power and your people and And that's what's going to equal your profit first, rather than going backwards of we want to make this money. So we're going to use people as a means to an end. And I think that that's really the radical approach that we teach at Ignite Results is that your people are in fact the foundation of your company. And without that investment, then there is profit and there is no company and there is no sustainable growth.
0: That's so good. So one of the things we discussed is, Um, and you just spoke to it as people are bringing on, people are bringing on the wrong focus when they try to run their company. They're, they're, they're leading with a focus on the bottom line and less about Mm -hmm. people. But when, when you have an owner that maybe listen to this right now and think, okay, I can start investing in my people and then they're just going to leave. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is, you know, what if we invest in great people and they leave? And my response is, what if you don't and they stay? (laughs) That's from uh, Jim Collins, good to great. And and so that's always, you know, and, and I'm working with a client right now. And that's really a fear based mentality and not really one of potential and of growth. So anytime you're based in fear, it's really about hoarding resources, control, what can we do to just ensure that we're going to get everything the way we want rather than having an open and growth mindset of working with people' potential. And And this goes back to, you know, let's just, the strategy of hiring on 10 sales reps, sending them out into the field because they're going to leave anyway. And And with that mentality, that is in fact, what is going to happen, but investing in the right people and the right training and having the right culture, people are going to want to stay. So I had a client, you know, okay, let's, you know, make them sign a non-compete. We're going to have them say, okay, you can't be in roof sales at all for the next two years, like putting all these constraints on them. And People are going to be where they feel fulfilled, where they're being developed and where they feel connected. So it's really not the question of if we invest in this training and then they leave, it's really as if we invest in this training and we actually are following up uh, with our culture and we're creating a place where people feel motivated rather than controlled, then you don't have to worry about your your turnover. Retention comes as a natural result of people feeling valued in the company.
0: So that's the positive outcome. If you invest in your people, what's the negative outcome if you don't?
1: And so, yeah, there's, there's a couple ways. So the people that are saying, you know, we're going to just find whoever out to the field. So one, I mean, if you're hiring 10 sales reps and we're only getting two to stay, if we could hire 10 sales reps and get eight of them to stay, think about the millions of dollars that are that are on the table there. So when you're not investing the training, you're not creating a company culture, you're losing eight sales reps that could be making you millions upon millions of dollars. So essentially there's no traction in your organization. It's just instead of growing, it's turnover after turnover and rehire and lack of motivation. And then I think, you know, your Like investing in a training program, people are like, oh, you know, I don't really want to spend money on doing this, We're just, you know, come up with something in-house. But thinking about preparing, you know, we are going to have some turnover. So having training be as efficient as possible. So getting your guys up and ready to go sell or being efficient in the office is also going to be giving that motivation factor really having like solid training. And if they do leave, you know, the investment there is only a month versus, you know, dragging training out over six months where all this investment is being dumped in and, and really narrowing that down to these are the specific things, these are the support that I can give you and and approaching it that way. As we talked about earlier, you know, your safety incidents, one safety incident, one bad customer and your reputation is tarnished. That's like, so you're spending all this time and energy on damage control rather than being proactive and growing your business.
0: It's so good. I think you've really unpacked a lot of great stuff here. And something that comes to my mind is, you know, when when the owner of a company goes through this hiring process, they have all these expectations for these, let's talk about salespeople specifically, they have all these expectations for salespeople. But what you're doing is you're saying, you're kind of pointing the picture at the owner like, hey, let's get some expectations on you owner mm-hmm. of the roofing company for your what are your expectations what what is the outcome you expect from your training what's the mm-hmm. outcome you expect from your culture what's the outcome you expect from the core values you have really we need owners and you know executives and roofing companies to take a look in the mirror and say set some expectations for yourself mm-hmm. because you and I both know that if somebody leaves a lot of times it's not because that, you know, that people say that people don't leave companies, they leave bad bosses.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think and that's like the first part where we start with with our goal setting is, you know, what do you want from the company and what's your part in it? So anytime I love, love the book Extreme Ownership. So it's talking about anytime someone's failing in your organization, you always have a part in it. So you are accountable for the success of all your employees. So when someone's failing, they either don't have the right leadership, they don't have the right resources, or they don't know what's expected of them in the first place. So coming up with really getting clear with the owner at the beginning of this is setting out expectations for each role, knowing what type of training is involved in each role, and knowing and and having on day one some type of standard operating procedure so they can get up to speed. So that eliminates the fact. So now they're getting in there on day one they know exactly what's supposed to do, what they're supposed to do. And they know exactly, you know, we're gonna getting training in the first 30 days on your acculinks or whatever CRM you're using. We're getting you up to speed on the sales training and we're giving you all of the information you need to be successful. And then having a manager, whether it's a sales manager or the owner for smaller companies, to be able to give the proper accountability as well as motivation in the process. Because you are right. When you have someone leaving the organization, people are like, okay, you know, that's, they always say we're leaving for more pay, but that's usually the trigger. The gun is actually not having great leadership and resources in the company.
0: So good. Well, I know all of you listening and, and as people watch this video live and watch the replay for years to come, you've got a little taste of what it's like to work with Dr. Jessica Stahl. So I'm sure some people are thinking, okay, I'd like to talk with her more. She's just she's just unpacked some stuff I want to go way deeper on. How can people get in touch with you and ignite results?
1: Yeah, so we can you can get in touch with me by our website. so it's www.igniteresults.net. You can find us on Facebook, Ignite Results Consulting. Um, we're very responsive with the message, any type of message, any type of contact we get. And the first place is just to start. And I'm always willing to be able to set up free strategy sessions with contractors. You know, we're super passionate about what we do. And I absolutely love talking with contractors. And they may not be the right fit for us. We may not be the right fit for them. But we're always willing to start and help. And then if we do decide to work together, we're not just some business in a box company with here's your off the shelf strategy, steps one, two, and three. We're working with them to design something that's very specific to their goals and their culture. And we absolutely love love what we're doing. We've had amazing results. Um, We've had three clients this year or last year who've doubled the revenue and two more that are on track to do so. And it's awesome to see like once you have the right people and the right systems in place, being able to see that growth and companies that have been stagnant for years just be able to grow like you know 10% each year and now being able to grow at a rate of like doubling their revenue. That's exciting for us. And and really our our impact on the industry is really up-leveling the industry, bringing people to reach not only professional goals, but able to reach their personal goals in the process. So building companies that are both profitable and fulfilling is our mission.
0: That is so good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone listening and watching. Dr. Jessica Stahl, thanks for being on the show.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Looking forward to to spending time on the podcast another time and really getting to know the audience better. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much.
0: All right, that concludes our interview with Dr. Jessica Stahl. I love how she got really focused on the fact that your profit margin truly is determined by the people that you empower, the people, the way you grow your team and a team focused around your core values. There's just so much alignment between what she does and what we believe in uh, as as an authorized EOS implementer and what we teach in our roofing CEO groups. And she really brings kind of a different angle to it. It's a, it's a lot of similar stuff, but she gets deep, 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 deep in the weeds of company culture and hiring and onboarding and stuff like that. She's just uh, doing a tremendous job. If you guys want to learn more about her, you can do a Google search for Ignite Results. You can also check out her Facebook page. And of course, you can search for Dr. Jessica Stahl on LinkedIn as well. All right, guys, this is Dylan McCabe with The Limitless Roofing Show, and I will catch you in the next episode.